0: Hello and welcome to the Law Blacks one-to-one podcast. My name's Chris Allen. I'm the managing partner of Black Solicitors. Over the last 25 years of working in Leeds, I've come across and met a lot of very interesting people. And hopefully over the next few weeks, I'm going to catch up with some of those people and just share a few stories with you, which you'll find interesting and even educational as I (laughs) do. My guest today may not be known to those of you outside the legal circles, but he's very much known to those within the legal circles. Robert Dyson is a uh, well-known and well-respected former solicitor. He's raising his eyebrows at me now. But more importantly today, he's coming to talk to us about the history of Leeds, because this, I know this is a, is a firm favourite subject of his. So, uh, Robert, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Obviously, uh, local history its interesting to me. Uh, you were the first person I thought of when I thought about doing podcasts because uh, we spent some time together talking about local history. Um, what's so interesting to you about local history?
1: Well, thinking back to my school days, <clears throat> when we had uh, history lessons, it, <clears throat> in, in those days it was all about kings and queens and battles. And I had no real interest in all that lot. Um, but I realised that the social history of what was going on at home when all these battles were going on, are the things that really fired my enthusiasm. And, of course, at school in those days, there was nothing along those lines available. Um, And then when I retired, uh, I decided to uh, look into it further.
0: And how much of your time do you dedicate to this these days? Oh, a
1: good percentage of my... Week, two or
0: three days a week, probably. Right, and would you say this is more fulfilling than a career in the law for our younger listeners? Without a shadow of any doubt <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> well, on that, we'll move off law. So, moving on, then let's uh, let's let's talk history. Um, let's talk about an overview of the city of Leeds. Where do you start?
1: Well, you start as usual at the beginning. But the question is, I suppose, where where is the beginning? Um, I'm going to give you a very very Quick, uh, horrible histories style of uh, resume of the history of Leeds in just a few words, so that if you were landing in a helicopter f- from Mars and you say, "What the hell's going on here?" Uh, these are about fifteen facts that you would have seeked to pick up on. Lovely. Um, I'm starting with the Norman period, which is 1066. Um, there was A life going on here in Leeds. Before that, it was a village. It's a bit of a murky, murky past. Uh, It was mentioned by Bede in his, the Venerable Bede, I should say, Uh, and um, in his history. um, But it's all it's all too vague to be sure about. Uh, But what we are sure is that William came over here and he and he, uh, he, he stuck an, an arrow in the eye of poor old Harold uh, and he basically overran this country. Um, and um, he, having done so, he basically had to work out how on earth to rule the place. So what he did in very simple terms was he, in effect, nationalised all the land. He said, it's all mine, it's all mine. And he then... W- Realised he couldn't run it all himself, so he split it into various own- different ownerships. He ke- he kept about fifteen percent for himself. Fairly greedy, I suppose. But yeah, anyway, but he, a, he, he yeah,
0: greedy or, or uh, generous, depending which perspective you've got. He was quite
1: keen on on hunting, so he needed a lot of forest to hunt in. Uh, he gave a very significant percentage to the church, just in case uh, he were to drop dead. He would want to make sure he would end yeah. up in the right place. Uh, and the rest he gave to his Norman barons, his Norman mates.
0: And these are the people who helped him with the conquest, presumably. They
1: indeed helped him with the conquest. And they were they were richly rewarded. Uh, and a guy called Ilbert de Lacey uh, was fortunate enough to inherit not only Leeds but a huge tract of West Yorkshire and Lincolnshire and he, he, he did very well out of the whole thing. So he ended up with Leeds. Uh, Leeds at the time was a, just a small... Farming village uh, at the fag end of the the dales. Mm. You don't think of the Yorkshire, well, these being part of the Yorkshire dales, but it is. And yeah. right, the dales sort of fizzle out at the um, in the Vale of York, which isn't far from here, but it's nevertheless part of the dales. And, and there are hills that you walk up when you walk up Brigitt, you'll realise you're going up a hill. Yeah, that's right. So um, so we ended up with uh, Ilbert De Lacy having. All this land he couldn 't possibly manage it all, so he handed out leads to to one of his submates, as it were, yeah. uh, who then ran it um, but he was an absentee landlord as well, and he wasn 't hugely keen, and he basically made a pretty bad job of the whole thing, so he basically ended up giving it to um, well he, he he gave tracts of land to various institutions. Uh, like the Knights Templar at Whitkirk, uh, you'll think of Templar, the Templar Inn in Vicar Lane. That's all part that was given my f- away. My first thought, yes, <laughs> I thought it would be. Uh, he gave uh, Kirgate away, he gave the church away, he gave huge tracts of leads away. So it became almost worthless. Yeah, uh, and I'll leave it at that point to say that it had Norman origins. Uh, we then moved forward to 1540, which, of course, we'll remember it was the, the time of the dissolution of the monasteries, yes. which made a huge difference to the whole country because the church, which had grown very rich on the back of royal patronage and, and, and others, uh, they the the, 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 uh, the the lands were, in fact, taken away from the church and a new class of... Um, middle-class person, really, of, it, of England was created.
0: And, it's and, and that must have been tremendous. Well, I say tremendous, wrong word. It must have been quite a thing when that occurred, actually, because the church, presumably, at that point, was almost all-powerful, wasn't it? It was massive, yeah. absolutely massive, and it heralded
1: the, the rise of the yeomen of England, mm-hmm. in effect, the middle class. Yeah. Uh, and they've probably been very much in the ascendancy ever 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 since since, um perhaps less so in our future but anyway we shall see (laughs) um so that that's what happened in 1540 we then leeds then became a center of the cloth trade cloth was made here or marketed here from little farmsteads in the countryside and on the back of that merchants from all over europe came over to leeds to make money basically (laughs)
0: This podcast is, needless to say, sponsored by Blacks Solicitors. Blacks is a law firm based in Leeds, and we provide a range of commercial, property and private client services to clients throughout the United Kingdom. Obviously, I'd love you to enjoy this podcast and then use our services on any legal issues you have going forward. If you visit lawblacks.com, you'll see the kind words that existing clients have had to say about the services we provide. Now, back to the podcast. And is it the river that's the, the 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 you know what is what is it that's bringing all that business? Well, the, yeah, the, the ultimate.
1: Ultimately, it was very much the river because in as going back to 1699, which is a long time ago, uh, the River Air was navigable through to Hull. Right. It became navigable, and um, as a result of that, they could tra- export. Mm. And then a hundred years, hundred and odd years later. Uh, we had the Leeds-Liverpool Canal from 1816, so we could go Indeed. to the Americas. Yeah. So although we're miles from the coast, Leeds is a major a focal point of trade. And
0: Saltaire, for example, had the advantage of that, didn't it? Salt with the using the uh, canal to transport. Exactly, well, yeah.
1: and alongside all these canals, industry, local industries yeah. grew, grew up, and this, well, the, bu- the buildings are still there. Um, so the, anyway, this period of six, 1700 onwards was was a golden age for the cloth trading needs, and we had uh, a, a first cloth hall was built in 1711 in Curgate. It's still there, or I should say half there, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's Half of it, well, it's collapsed basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is about to be redone. Uh, planning permission, I believe, has been granted for some wonderful new scheme incorporating the old.
0: Console. All right, no, so not to demolish it, but to, not, to, to... Well,
1: not to demolish it more than it's already been demolished. Been demolished, yeah. Okay, <laughs> As I say, there's about half of yeah. it left. Uh, th- that They outgrew that in 1756, moved south of the river into Meadow Lane. They outgrew that in 20 years, and they moved a, th- a third, they built a third white cloth hall um, behind what is now the Corn Exchange. Right. Uh, it's now an Italian pizza place. Yeah, all right, yeah. If you remember the yeah, one. Yeah, well, uh, So things grew enormously. Uh, The agricultural... The the, the, the Industrial Revolution started around this sort of period. Mm. And then we got... uh, And and it wasn't just in industry, it was also in agriculture. So the less people were needed in the countryside to mark... So where do they... What do the people do? They came to places like Leeds.
0: Mm. And... um, and presumably the city's doing well at this point. It's see, doing. you know.
1: It's done... If you saw the buildings in, in Georgian Leeds, which is around the, sort of in the, in the 1700s, you would have been hugely impressed with them. Yeah. They were well worth the visit. Yeah. Uh, and there was a, a, a huge degree of opulence at that time. At and,
0: and am I right in saying that people with money in those days liked to build opulent buildings? They certainly did. Yeah.
1: And in fact, they... Thankfully, they they were so showy offy uh, that they um, commissioned a man called John Cousins to make a map of Leeds for them. They weren't bothered adults so much about the map itself, but they were. They the deal was that the map was to have surrounding them on the on the outer edges was to have pictures of their houses. (laughs) So we've got we've got we we know what about yeah twenty of their houses That's what the play. shameless marketing I'd do it was indeed <laughs> things don't change yeah on on my way here, I just saw somebody driving a, a Ferrari or something and
0: same just letting you know just letting you know into same thing <laughs> yeah.
1: so um so basically we we had a very opulent class we had we i've got to the industry coming here, people coming here, the industry setting up the first all-in-one cloth factory was made in, in the site of the old Yorkshire Post building on Wellington Street, and that was in 1792. So Benjamin got open that, uh, and that was the beginning of a huge growth which went, ma- went mad in the, in the middle of the 1800s courtesy of um, the railways. Right. The railways were massive because they meant that you could get... People around the country, you could get goods around the country, you could get in and out of the country. Um, I should just say that the, the, the railways had been preceded by canals, which did the same thing but in much slower way, yeah. uh, and were very useful in their way for bulky goods. But uh, but it was nothing like the railways. It's a bit like
0: the uh, the email, perhaps, taken over from normal post. When uh, you know, in terms of uh, how things. Well, move I think around. even more revolutionary than that. But I can't <laughs> think of anything just as we speak.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so there we are. We've got uh, we're in the middle of the Victorian period where it's so much is going on, um, and to make matters even better or worse in some ways, we had access to coal because we had the Middleton Colliery and other collieries, but particularly the Middleton, and they needed to get the coal from Middleton into Leeds. They ideally wanted to get it straight through to the. Um, to the city centre, into the canal, the air and coal objected, but basically they ended up with um, a deal whereby Leeds were to get cheap coal. Yeah, really. So Leeds had a it was the Venezuela of its day in a way because they had access to cheap energy. Yeah, more than anybody else in the in, in so the country. So, that we know
0: so that's just that short summary. There, I'm hearing um, infrastructure. I'm hearing trade. I'm hearing that's what's made Leeds. That was the, the grounding of what, what was made Leeds. So, let's do that. Let, let's go back a little bit in time. T- take me a little walk around the city centre then. Let's go back to, say, 1860. Things are really kicking on by the sounds of it. What If we were stood outside the Corn Exchange in 1860, Robert, what would we be looking at?
1: Well, in 1860, you would have probably been looking at the grand house of a surgeon uh, with grounds around it. Uh, not far away from uh, what is now Kergate Market, where the, the vicar lived, in, again, similar s- splendid surroundings. Um, but the, the the corn traders in Leeds, of whom there were a growing number, complained bitterly to the corporation that their accommodation at the top of Brigitte was insufficient for their needs. And as a result, they finally the city council finally gave in, and they gave in in a big way by commissioning the construction of the present corn exchange, which is a quite remarkable. Yes. Building
0: of. And what what do you think the fear factor was? Well, were, were they actually saying, "Look, if you don't provide us with something, we're off." Or, who knows? Yeah. Uh, all I do, all all
1: I do know, and you know, is that the city councillors they weren't city councillors, and they were corporation people, but basically. The, 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 there's a general um, reluctance to do anything positive. There's a, I don't mean that unkindly, <laughs> but, but there is, there's a lot of people who see the negative things. Yes. Um, anyway, there was a clear and it was a hugely successful operation. Um, but when they, if you if you look at the side, at the side of the building, you'll see that it says erected 1862. Mm. Well, it was supposed to be erected in 1862, but unfortunately, when they were digging the foundations, uh, they found um, some old ancient ironstone bell pits. Right. Possibly going back to Roman times. I told you the past was murky. Yes, indeed. Uh, and as a result, they had to change their plans for the for the foundations, and it delayed it. It didn't open formally till 1864, well. two years late, so... the never believe what you see written <laughs> down <laughs> so they 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 traded very successfully for for very many years and in fact they traded through well into our my lifetime <laughs>
0: and <laughs> thank you possibly yours chris yes very likely
1: uh, and uh, um, and they finished around about the 1990s but it it fizzled out enormously yeah. because they used to they needed a corn exchange that people would come along and sell and buy and what were you selling so the 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 buyer wanted to see what the what was on offer Mm. and he would he would assess it by the quality of the uh the the color of the of the corn corn by the way covers all wheat and anything else you may is anything else you care to mention um so they would look at the color and they would also look for this for the sound how much water content was in it mm. so they would th- they would throw it, throw the corn up into the air against the northern light not against sunlight against the northern light and then they would listen to it as it popped down onto the ground mm. cup their hands to the ear and say too much water in there for my liking i'll go to the next one mm. so anyway that went on and, and it was all replaced eventually by computers because we don't <clears throat> so we don't need a Corn exchange on that scale,
0: <clears throat> but nice that the corner exchange now is used when I mean, it, it, it hasn't, unlike the other building, you know, fallen into disrepair, etc. It, ha- it is used, and it's been, it's had a number of um,
1: people have had a number of goes at, in the last few years, sure, 20, 30 years, trying to make it work. Yeah. Um, let's hope that it continues along the right path. There yeah. was a proposal at one stage to turn it into a concert hall, Good. and that might have been a a rather a nice venue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, perhaps it will one day. Who knows?
1: Anyway, should we carry
0: on our yes, journey? Please so do. Yeah,
1: where are we heading? So, we're, well, we're going down um, out of the front door steps, and we're going down Duncan Street. Right. Uh, Duncan Street is so called because uh, there was an admiral Duncan, who I'm sure you know him well. Uh, <laughs> he defeated he defeated the Dutch at the Battle of Camperdown in Ireland in seventeen something in the 1790s, and he was a great hero, uh, as as indeed was uh, w- uh, Wellington, who we, we still see huge signs of his name. Yes, I everywhere. was going to say
0: out of those two, I know one of them better than the other. Exactly, but you would have. But it's, well, Duncan Street started off, I believe, as
1: New Street when mm. it was built but in, only in about 1790, so it was fairly um, n- new sort of build. Um, and it was a narrow street. And eventually, Leeds central market was built there. Um, and it was quite a reasonably successful market. It covered all sorts of things. But it, in, the, in, the, in the late 1800s, mid to late 1800s, it was getting in the way. Uh, the road wasn't wide enough. Uh, and, um, and there was a great demand for change. Leeds got certain powers following an act of parliament in 1866 gave them enormous powers to do things which they hadn't been able to do before and one of the things that happened was for example was that um, Duncan Street was more than doubled in size they pulled down all the buildings on the north side or south on road, the, I think. I think it's actually yes, it's on the north side. Yeah. It, they pulled them all down on the, on the north side and made the road twice as wide. Um, and moving further, crossing it, well, or carrying on our walk across Brigitte, And of course, Brigitte, I, I must, <clears throat> I must just go back here a little bit in history because Brigitte was. Laid out in the year 1207. I, I don't suppose you would have expected it to be that long ago. No, that is well, quite correct. You are right. And it was laid out at, in that width, the present width that you see today. Uh, and it was all because of what I was saying before about the lords of the manor having messed things up by giving off or selling off certain parts to, of the uh, manor to other people it meant that the thing was the place was never going to go anywhere so in 1207 one of the, uh, the lord of the manor had a bit of gumption and he basically said right we're going to break with tradition we're going to take some of the fields out of use and we're going to set up brigate with 30 plots on either side of the road right from the head what is now the head row down to the river and on each side there's 30 plots of of uh, equal width, some of them slightly deeper than others, and the idea was that instead of uh, instead of plowing the land and paying dues to the to the and, and, and digging the land, the uh, farm of the lord of the manor, they would pay a, a, a rent and they paid a rent of one and fourpence a year for this land, and the idea was they would live there and they would work there and they would conduct businesses there and that was probably. Probably the most influential thing in the whole history of, of, of the development of the city of Leeds. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible.
0: You know, and so it, it's given you that sort of central point almost in, for many years, I suppose.
1: Well, it still is. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was going to say, well, for trading, I'd say that. In my mind, I always think of City Square as sort of the centre of the city, but perhaps I'm off the mark there. Well, we'll come on to that maybe. Right. Um, but,
1: um, but it, see, it's, it is it is scary in, in, in a way that somebody. Who, who made a decision so long ago made, made such a difference. Yeah. And it was probably on the back of that that commerce started. That's the point I was wanting. Anyway, we're carrying on our walk down. Mm. We've just crossed over Brigitte and then and we're on uh, on the same side. as it. We're standing in front of the church, the Holy Trinity Church. That was actually built in, in the 1720s um, because uh, Leeds was more and more people were coming in to live in Leeds. And they needed somewhere to pray, um, and uh, because the parish church in, in at that at that point in 1720, all we had was the parish church. or oh, it's now Leeds Minster, mm. uh, and we had St John's Church in New Briggate, right? And that was it. So we needed more. So. Uh, but standing with your back to the church, you you will you're looking at the um, what is called Trevelyan Buildings. It's now the Marriott. Hotel. That's right. Um, well, and, and, is, and is the road called Ball Lane at this point now? It is, is called... We've, we've left. New, we've left um, Duncan Street. We have yeah. crossed over Brigitte, and we're in Ball Lane. Yeah. The the, the the architect of the present street in in overall terms was was one John Barron, who you've probably heard of. Mm. Um, I'm not convinced by that. Mm. No, all right, I'll nod. It's just it's on audio. Well, without John Barron, we wouldn't have had Roundy Park. Right. Uh, without he was he was a very influential man in the city of Leeds, and he was he he was in the vanguard of manufacturers of ready-made clothing, mm. which took over in, from the 1850s. That gradually took over from just making cloth. Right. So he was. So we had after him, we had people like um, Burton, Montague Burton. We had um, Hep- Hepworths. We had any number, all based in in, in Leeds. But, but he was the he was your starter. He, he was number one. Yeah. Um, and um, and he had the idea of and he was able to do this because he got, he got Singer sewing machines had just come on, on on stream. He saw the opportunities that that gave, and he also. Um, he didn't actually invent but he knew somebody who did invent the uh, the band knife so instead of cutting one arm of a suit or one leg of your one of your trousers you could you could cut 50 at the same time and well, of course uh, makes a huge difference a it? massive difference and that made yeah. the difference to leeds yeah. and to the trade so uh, he also had vision and he said this road is fair is clogged up with pedestrians, horses, carts, whatever you want, uh, it's, it's no good, it's not, it's, it's not impressive, it's not going to do anything for this city. So it, it was his vision to, again, double the width of that street. And again, they pulled they pull down this time the buildings on the south side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lucky for him, and, and even more lucky for the architect, he was very friendly with an architect called uh, Thomas Ambler, and, and Ambler got the job for creating all, all virtually all the buildings on the south side, on the south side of So he did quite well out of which the are there site. now, and they're all there now. Yeah. No thanks to let's um, be careful what I say here. No thanks to Lee city council planning department who gave permission in the, I think in the sixties or early seventies for it all to be demolished for a modern uh, shopping centre. Uh, but uh, every cloud has a silver lining, and uh, there was a downturn in the economy, so the plans were scrapped, and um, and yeah. eventually the buildings were done up, and you see the mag- magnificent buildings they are. And the idea was that they were not going to be all identical, but they were all going to be ident- they were all going to fit in with each other, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and um, the end. The, uh, John Barron actually had a retail shop at number one, uh, Ball Lane, right at the, on the junction with Brigitte. He was mm-hmm. uh, so he was uh, he was that much involved with it, and um, and interestingly, if you look at Trevelyan buildings, just as an example, uh, there's maybe fifteen shops on there, uh, or maybe a few, maybe twelve, maybe twelve, and three of them were tobacconists. Wow, uh, that's big
0: trade in those days.
1: That gives you an, an indication of what sort of. What sort of world we were we, we, we were we were living in then, um, and the one I really like is um there was um a portmanteau maker, oh. so I think that's a suitcase yeah Brook bonds were there, Brook bond and Co were tea men um, we had a sealing wax and an ink manufacturer um, and of course we had the Trevelyan hotel itself, which like Barron and many people of his ilk at the time, they were all—they were all of a type. They were—they were—they were, they were, they were um, Whigs. They were not Tories. Whigs are the equivalent of the Liberals. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Um, they were all nonconformists. conformists They were not Church of England, um, and um, and they were n- nearly all teetotal. They were part of the temperance movement. Right. Uh, and because at the time. Alcohol was a major problem. It still is, but I think it was percentage-wise. it was. Yeah. We, we've replaced it with drugs now, I suspect. Yes,
0: that's right, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, but smoking as well, by the sounds like it. Was, uh, <laughs> Certainly going, smoking. It was going a storm. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. So, so that, anyway, that's the basic story of that. So uh, well. virtually all the buildings on there were built under the, uh, under the um, guidance of, of John Barron by Thomas Hambler. And you'll see if you next time you go and challenge you to look at the buildings, and you'll see some are really squat and to fit in with the corner. And of course, it crosses New Station Street, um, which, which is almost opposite, which is opposite Albion Street. I'm quite happy that leads into the railway story because yes. um, because um, New Station Street was so cold because it led to, Guess what <laughs> new station that 's right um, so just to recap very briefly on on uh, on the station situation yeah because uh, it does all fit in people think of Leeds and railways they think of Middleton colliery because um, in eighteen thirteen the first steam engine was um, commercially used steam engine was used on the line from Middleton to Leeds right. c- carting some coal um unfortunately they had a number of disasters uh, like people tying things down they shouldn't have done and so forth and, the, and eventually they had to pull pull the steam engine but it still it worked and it, that's a, that's a first a first for Leeds um that was 1813 <coughs> Leeds' first rail, railway station wasn't built until 1835. Wow. they were quite a long way behind the uh, Liverpool and Manchester, and, and, and so forth. So they basically, 1835, we had a line to from Leeds from Marsh Lane in Leeds, which is over um, towards what I call the Kremlin, um,
0: oh, um, Quarry Hill, Quarry Hill, yeah, uh, that, that, that area. Yeah, so not where the lead station is today. Not where it is today, indeed. It's quite
1: about a mile away. Right, Uh, and uh, of course they didn't. A lot of people didn't want those filthy things in in the city centres, and in fact, London. Uh, insisted on another stations being in the centre, and they aren't still to this day. No, that's
0: right. I know, when you go down to King's Cross, you think, well, that's funny, why have we got off here, No, yeah. you, really? And they're all together, though. There yeah. was con- and that was all the pollution, the noise and the pollution I think it was, aspect, it, really.
1: I think it was more posh people, actually. Posh people who lived in posh parts of the s- city didn't want it. But I, I don't think they were that far-seeing, no. far-sighted in those days, but anyway. Yeah.
0: Well, money talks, isn't it?
1: So going back to Marsh Lane, so we had a railway built and it was really built to take um, goods from Leeds to the Ouse at Selby. That was why it was built. Uh, but it took off massively as a passenger train. Right. Uh, and so we had a passenger line going there and then that was eventually extended to um, to York and Hull. Meanwhile, uh, back in, in Leeds um, in 1840... Uh, we had our second railway station, which was built on the site of what you now know as Crown Point Retail Park. Mm, again, fairway out of the city centre. Again, a fairway, and I suspect for the same reasons. Yeah. Um, and that took the line from Derby. Ah. And once you got to Derby, there was a means of getting through to Euston, so you could actually get through to to London. So that that operated for a while. Uh, but people, for the reasons you've just hinted at, were mm. getting a bit fed up having to land in Leeds and then how do I get yes. how a cab or whatever? Yeah. So eventually, they uh, in 1840, which is f- uh, sorry, that was 1840, 1846, six years later, they built um, what is half still there, Wellington Street Station, which is and uh, on, C- on City Square or behind City Square. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and that, it was a terminus station. That was the first city centre one. But at this point, Leeds has got three train stations. At this point, it has three stations. Right. Uh, although they certainly were there. Uh, I, I think you probably heard of um, uh, the railway king, um, Hudson. Um, he was a bit of a... Wide boy, and at some state he he got he got hold of um, the, the line from Leeds to Selby, and he closed it to passenger traffic to make sure that they used his line. But that's another story. We that's won't, we, a, won't we'll we won't do won't, that another day. We won't go into yeah. that. Um, so we, so we have we had three stations. Um, then there was this was railway mania yeah. era. It was. Uh, I can't quite remember my figures on this, but the s- stockbrokers in Leeds there were two, I think, at the beginning of all this, and that th- they certainly w- they went up into the twenties uh, to accommodate the people wanting to start railway companies th- th- all over the place. Yeah. Um, so it really was the dot com revolution that went, yes. and, um, and and uh, Hudson, who I've just mentioned, was partly responsible for. Um, well, he was off- offering huge dividends to people to invest in his companies, and basically he was robbing Peter to pay Paul eventually. It was a right. py- pyramid type situation, and eventually he ended up in major, major trouble, uh, as did the railway system. But it was private, it wasn't, there was no state control, there was no local control. No, these it was were all, private companies.
0: Everything was private. Wow. Um, and that's business, isn't it? That's enterprise driving that. It's it? the, good
1: thing, the good side and the bad side.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's
1: probably why we're in such a mess today, because of the... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's not go into politics. We then had, 1848, we then had Central Station, which was on Wellington Street, uh, only a couple of hundred yards from Wellington Street Station. Wow. Uh, so that was 1848, and that was a terminus station, but you, that was used even in, in my time... When I I, I went to university in Southampton, and I and I think I got a train back in 1967 Mm. to that station. It was around that time it closed anyway. Um, And certainly when I was working, I parked my car on the ramp (laughs) (laughs) at the the deserted station. Anyway, that's so. um, Say this is uh, 1848. and when I say 48, that's when it's, that's when they started. The first trains were coming. It took quite a long time to actually construct and so forth, the whole thing. And then they came to a situation where people were complaining because the passenger side to Selby. Hudson had gone and they could now get from York to uh, Leeds. And people complained bitterly about having to walk all the way over here uh, to, to the centre of the city to get their train to London. Or wherever. So, as a result, there's a lot of cell searching went on. They've they've built a viaduct, mm-hmm. which is still there to this day. The question was where were they going to build it? The first proposal was that it should be built basically through the centre of town and down uh, coming in Down Park Row and into into City Square. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was a, set, a counter proposal to build it on where it is, has now been built on much cheaper land, which was. Uh, poor housing and poor industrial stuff um they had a they had a public meeting in the town hall, which had only just been opened a few years earlier uh, and people on both sides were making their arguments this was This was democracy at play in leeds uh and people were cheering and and booing at with equal measure wow. anyway they they took the financially sensible route, which was to build it where it is has been built. Yeah. But the effect of it has been to cut Leeds into two. So you've got the, the town side, which the shopping side, uh, which is on, as I speak to you, this side of the, yes. the, the, the viaduct and, and then the rest. Yeah. And it wasn't until um, the, the riots in uh, Toxteth uh, that any real attention was paid to what went on on the other side. And the reason being that, that- Thatcher realised that something had to be done and she sent um, Taseltine over to Manchester, made him the Tsar. He was a yes. something czar. He basically came up with a template for Liverpool which was used throughout the country and in Leeds. Uh, they set up a, a Leeds development corporation, took it away from control of planning from the City Council, set it up and they basically ran... Uh, that ran their own show. They were their own planning department, and that basically set the. That was in the in the uh, in the mid eighties. Not that long ago in mm-hmm. in the, in the sk- scheme of things, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, they um, we have what we have today.
0: when I was walking uh, with you outside the Queen's Hotel, you pointed out various. Uh, coats, of, uh, coats of arms, as it were, on the building, and you said those were different railway companies. Well, That's well, right. Just tell me about that briefly, because, I mean, you walk past the Queen... If you, if you live in Leeds, you walk past the Queen's most days and yeah. probably don't even see them.
1: That's right. Um, I didn't see them until someone pointed them out to me. Uh, I mentioned that the, the railway mania of the 1840s and 50s was crazy, and it was unsustainable. Uh had, until, until 1923 there were any number of railway companies and it was patently obvious that something had to be done to reduce the scope. So they had, we ended up with four railway companies after 1923. And one of those was LMS, London, Midland and Scottish. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what, which companies they were originally, but they, they're a mixture of all three. And the LMS were very proud of their... Um, system and they were very particularly proud of their hotels, which they considered to be they were very iconic. They 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 were to a symbol of their success. Uh, in Leeds, we had a Queen's Hotel, which had been built in almost on the site of the present one, not quite, um, in the eighteen sixties, uh, and it was hugely down in the mouth by the nineteen thirties, mm. and. As a result of the LMS taking over, they said, right, we need a new hotel, we're going to do it all up, and they basically created this iconic building, and it, it, was, it was built with each bedroom having its own ensuite bathroom, which for the mid-1930s was quite, yeah, quite, quite a thing. something. Yeah. And when you walk into that building just today, you feel it's a really solid, sensible sort of building... Um, but as part of their showy-off side of things, uh, they wanted to promote to the public, A, where they operated from, and B, where they had hotels. And so uh, on the side of the building in various points, particularly around the, ex- the vehicular exit from the original vehicular exit from um, the left-hand side of the hotel as you're yeah. looking at, as you're looking at yeah. it from the square... Uh, then you, you will you'll notice there's quite a number of these coats of arms, and that's some research which has yet to be done, as far as I know, because somebody needs to, uh, some train spotter or train hotel spotter needs to go around um, looking at them and, and noting them down and saying where they're from.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're stood uh, looking at the Queen's Hotel, and to do that, of course, we're stood in City Square, aren't we? Well, we what's the history of City Square?
1: Well, City Square. The, the the city square that you see now wasn't, didn't look anything like that before the year 1900. It was basically a through road, ball lane continued along Wellington Street and there were buildings everywhere. Mm. In, in um, 1893, a, a, a momentous thing happened to the city of Leeds, at least it was at the time, I'm not sure if it would be today, but it was created uh, by the Queen, it was created a, as a city. And... They had as one of their um, one of the lead city one of the lead councillors Colonel Walter Harding. Uh, he operated um, a business from Tower Works making pins, not not pins and as in pins and needles, but pins as in factory machinery. Um, and they operated from very close from Holbeck. Um, every time you come in and out of Leeds City Station, you will see it. It's on on the. Left-hand side of the train as you're going out of Leeds towards London, um, and there are, it's distinguished by three towers, three Italianate towers, and they were basically put up uh, as a result of the enthusiasm that this Colonel Walter Harding had. Uh, he was a second generation owning the, the factory, but he had, um, and he'd been on the Grand Tour, of, and, and, he, and, and like many young men of his time, he was struck by. Italy and its buildings and its culture. Um, so, in the squalor of what is what, what was then in, uh, in, in in Holbeck, he had this vision for the creation of a of a square in Leeds to commemorate the fact that we'd become a city, and he wanted it to have a major wow a major wow factor so that when you came out of the station, you'd say, "Wow, this is quite some place." So he. Um, and he he, had, he he holidayed quite often in the Adriatic. You, you don't think of people doing it in those days, but he mm. was lying on the beach, as again they did then and still do, roasting. And he got and he had this idea of uh, and he, on a, he got an envelope and he he drew he drew did a drawing because at the time and the, and, the, and the drawing was of his vision of City Square. And at the time, City Square was uh, a big mess because the. I mentioned three cloth halls before. They were all white cloth halls. They dealt with undyed cloth. There was a, f- a fourth one going back to 1768, which was built in City Square, and it was a coloured cloth hall. And it was a huge monstrosity of a building, magnificent in its day, but had been t- totally neglected. Um, and its l- use for the, for many many years, it's hardly ever been used. But occasionally, it was used for political meetings including one by William Gladstone, who filled the place to capacity. But it was basically an eyesore. So he drew, did this drawing, came home eventually, and it took, and I mean eventually, because it took a number of years to actually get compulsory purchase, all the buildings which were in the way. He got his way, and he knocked everything down, and we had a square open, and we got the... the, uh, what I call the post office building was constructed.
0: Yes, restaurant, bar, and grill to those uh, in the uh, yeah I thought you business might, community. I thought you might know that. Um, and um, so
1: that was the post office, and that took up one side, and the rest was largely open. Um, he to go further, he paid for the construction of the Black Prince. Mm-hmm. And for two of the statues that were in there, um, amongst other things. And the, the, the nice story about the Black Prince is that he has absolutely no, the Black Prince was, um, goes back to the 14th century, I and mean, he has absolutely nothing to do with these. We no. don't think he ever even knew it existed. No. But he symbolized what Victorians admired, which was bravery and.
0: Strongly. Exactly,
1: and all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: Looks good. He still looks good now. Anyway,
1: unfortunately, there wasn't one, there wasn't a foundry in the country, never mind in Leeds, big enough to construct this mm. uh, this horse that he had in mind. So it uh, went. It was commissioned. They commissioned a firm in Belgium to do it. They did it. Took, it took them two years. Another reason why the square took so long to come together. And it came over by a ship from Belgium, and then it was transferred to a. Barge and then came along the air colder mm. navigation through to Leeds, and unfortunately it came to Leeds with its backside sticking towards uh, Leeds. So as it as it pulled up the some, um, I'm not sure if it was a mayor or some senior person said uh, this will not do, um, and they sent the boat back to turn around. There won't reason. be
0: many places they could turn the ship around, is there? Between here, well, I think, I
1: think there are. If you if you walk down, I think you might find you didn't have to go too far. But anyway, they had to go back, <laughs> to turn around, and come in back, come in the right way. It's a nice story. <laughs> nice story. And the, and the architect, the architect, the sculpture he got to make it was this one and the same as as did the Tory monument at Buckingham Palace. Mm. So he wasn't in any any old uh,
0: no no. he sculptor. was Putting some effort into this exercise. Uh,
1: but there were all, all the, the big wigs in Leeds were all fighting over them with each other to say I want to pay for this and I want to pay for that. Um, well, I, wonder, I wonder
0: if that would happen today, Robert. Well,
1: the props don't have as much money today as. No. Uh, but anyway, but w- there we are. So. What
0: about the other statues I see around City Square? Uh, you well, can you've walk got around and see. There's four of them, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there's William Hook, Walt, Walt- Sorry, Walter Hook, Walter Hook, who he was. Um, the vicar of leeds uh he came in about in the mid eighteen thirties to Leeds when the church was dying on its feet uh You could count um on your fingers of two hands almost how, how few people would 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 be there because the vicar the previous vicar had been there for a long time and he was not quite as sharp as he had been perhaps and uh and people were falling off and uh there was also competition from the uh, the nonconformists, especially the Methodists, so they they took on this guy Walter Hook, who uh, who was quite a remarkable character, and he basically uh, turned round and said, I, I, "We can't work with this church building as it is. The the, the uh, tower is in the wrong place. We can't. Nobody can see anyone. Nobody can see what's going on." And basically, they they in effect, virtually pull the place down and rebuilt it under his guidance he, and he and he will have done the talking in the city to get people to contribute to it and so forth, he was a boover and shaker uh, and he was also a very very impressive speaker and so he managed to fill the place
0: with his sermons So tonight. do you think he got a statue there because everybody thought he was a great person or do you think he put up enough money that you get a statue?
1: No I don't think he put the money up himself, I think he he, I think, he was the catalyst. Right. I'm sure some, there would have been a number of um, worthy Christians who would have wanted to be associated with a, yeah. a scheme such as this. Um, but there, but it's a good, good, good so idea. Who knows? eh? <laughs> yes, who does know? Well, and anyway, he, he was the an influential. So we also have uh, Joseph Priestley, um, who wanted to be. Um, uh, well, he he he's he's best known for his. Work with, uh, or having identified oxygen as a as an element, yeah. uh, so he was a scientist of some proportions.
0: I a Leeds lad, I think he was
1: born in Backley. Oh, right.
0: okay, good, good enough. Do. Good we'll, enough. Ta- we'll take it when we yeah, turn that. Yeah, um,
1: and uh, so he basically uh, he wanted to be a preacher, and in fact, the, in City Square there is to this day the um, Mill Hill Chapel. That was, there was a predecessor of that and, that and that building is was built in 1848 so Priestley was there before that because he was in the 1700s and, and Priestley preached there but unfortunately for Priestley and, and that was that was the love of his life really not more I think than the signs but unfortunately for his from his point of view he had a terrible stammer right and uh, so people would. Not taking him seriously when, uh, and he realised he would have to make his way elsewhere. But anyway, he's well. He he is. Uh, he was a, He had he had to run away eventually to uh, America to save his life because he was very um, upfront about his views right. on things. Uh, so I'm very pleased he's there because he's a. Is there, anyb- is there anybody who shouldn't be on yes, the statute? Yes, there, <laughs> there is somebody. I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> there is somebody who shouldn't be there, and, and <laughs> who should be there should be Matthew Murray. But instead, there is um, the man everyone thinks invented steam engines. And he was a bad egg, actually, because he, uh, Matthew Murray, who I haven't mentioned up to now, uh, he was, uh, again, not born here, but he he worked here. He, in fact, interestingly, so the story goes, uh, knocked on the door of... the mill that John Marshall had, a flax mill that John Marshall had in Scotland Wood, at uh, Adel. He asked if there were any jobs going, and Marshall said, "Yes, I, I've got this job. I've got this. I, I've taken on this cotton mill, and I really, I really don't. I'm not interested in cotton. I really want to do flax, and, and you need to fiddle around with the, with the equipment." And he, he sorted him out, and and as a result, he, the, they both ended up in Leeds and both made a lot of money. But Marshall, could, Marshall made billions. He was one of the wealthiest people who ever lived in Leeds. Well. He didn't make billions in his day, millions yeah, in his sure. day, but in, in relative terms. But um, Murray didn't, but he made. He still did all right. But Murray um, was very helpful to James Watt, who, with Matthew Bolton, ran the uh, Soho works in Birmingham, <clears throat> which were in effect competitors in the steam engine world. Mm. And he was very helpful and he, he got an apprentice from Soho to come and work in his place in Leeds and he, lay, he looked after him, did all sorts for him. And when Murray wanted to do the other way around, uh, the, he, the door was shut in his face. Mm. And, and worse than that, um, in order to stop Matthew Murray from expanding, James Watt sought to tried to buy all the land around so he couldn't, and he did succeed in buying quite a lot of land around and he could also spy on what was going on so why he is in yeah.
0: City Square beggars belief but yeah. he is but he is. So, and what else is in City Square? I'm well, right there's, thinking. There's, there's eight nymphs Yes, that crossed my mind where, where have they come from and what's well, the story I, behind them? Well, uh, There isn't much of a story
1: except that they are they're of their time mm. they represent mourn and even morning and evening, and uh, they're just about naked. Interestingly, when they had to be cleaned up at one point, some workman was very embarrassed about it all, and they insisted on on uh, having um, some cover.
0: Oh, really? Provided <laughs> really? I so that you shouldn't be giving them some clothing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, so, some not some clothing. So they just wanted to. Uh, have a sort of hoarding round... Oh, the, really? Round well, they were the clean. It's, it's too much. Well, actually, cleaning them. they—they too much. But they, 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 they symbolised Victorian elegance and yeah. uh, dreamery.
0: Dream wow. So there we are. We've walked from the... And that's... I mean, we've been talking for an hour about it almost, and we've only, we've only got from the Corn Exchange into City Square. I suspect we'll have you back, Robert, for part two, but just tell me this before we do finish. Out of all the buildings and the and the uh, the times that we you've studied, what's your favourite building, and what do you think was the you know what's the bit that really gets you about Leeds?
1: My favourite building, I think, is the Corn Exchange. Yeah. It's um, monstrously big, uh, and yet it's not, in my book, over heavy. The stonework is remarkable. Uh, it, the our external stonework is in the shape of diamonds, uh, which is a copy from a building in Ferrara, the Palazzo del Diamante in Ferrara. Mm. I don't think there's any one other building in the country with the same f- features. I just love the history of it. I love the fact that it's got in the... The, 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 roof, the roof span was just vast. Uh, i think that came from kirtstall forge mm-hmm. so there's a bit, of, a, a bit of local stuff in that and it's also exciting for the future as to what uses can be made f- for it and it's going to outlive all of us
0: yeah absolutely well robert thank you for coming in i hope um everybody who's listened to this has enjoyed it uh, and i'm sure anybody walking from the corner chain through to city square will have a different view of life now perhaps look up don't look at the pavement look at the buildings around you if um, if people want to see it, hear a bit more from you, Robert, is there a website or is uh, how can if people had any questions for you, is there is there an email address you want people to?
1: Okay, we'll give by all means use my email address. Yeah,
0: fire away. Shadwell Dyson
1: at btinternet.com. dot com.
0: Okay, so uh, uh, if you've got any questions for Robert, uh, you can either use that uh, email address or you can contact me here at podcast at lawblacks.com and I'll make sure that anything gets forwarded on to Robert. Uh, but Robert, I hope you'll come back. I suspect you've got a lot more to tell me. We haven't even got up uh, East Parade onto the Town Hall and all that's going on, the Civic Hall as well, another building that I'm sure it has got a lot of history. But um, on behalf of everybody, thanks very much for coming in. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.